And I am deeply grateful for this kind of sense of, of seeing in a year of so much pain and ache and loss in the midst of even that kind of year to know that there is an ever present current of God's love that can meet us in our deepest places of sorrow and carry us if we'll rest into it. Uh, Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 96 of the Between You and Me podcast, the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture with the goal and belief that by coming together, we can unite, we can facilitate healing, and we can find common grounds. My name is Jessica Morris. I am a music journalist. Sometimes I say I'm an expat. I'm not currently an expat. currently live in Australia in a city very close to Melbourne. I have lived in Nashville before, which is where this whole podcast started. Uh, That's a whole story for episode 29. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for independent Christian news reviews and interviews. Now, today's sponsor actually ties in super well because... I actually first heard about today's guest, Ellie Holcomb, when I started reviewing for Jesus Wide way back in 2014. So it's a sort of full circle moment for me. And before we do a drum roll, guess what, guys? Today's guest is Ellie Holcomb. So there'll be something slightly different about today's interview. It is shorter because I was given limited time with Ellie. She had a whole bunch of press. Number two, the difference is that I fangirl really, really hard. I mean, sometimes I get excited around celebrities, right? And you guys know me. You know that that I get excited and I like to encourage people. But when it came to Ellie, I'm pretty sure that I just spoke really high-pitched, really, really fast a lot of the time. So I apologize in advance if that doesn't make sense to you. But for anyone who has ever heard Ellie Holcomb before, you will completely understand this because she is not just a wonderful musician, but a really wonderful person. And I had the privilege of speaking to Ellie about a month ago now about her new album, Canyon, which releases today, June 25. Canyon is a stunning album. I was given an early release link to it. The last month or two of my life has been probably some of the hardest I've gone through. Um, And I listened to the album while I was walking around the block at night just trying to get some clarity, trying to talk to God, trying to find some peace in the chaos. And her album Canyon just, I just, God just met me there in, in those lyrics, in that melody, in her voice. And a lot of you will have experienced that with music before. That's, that's why we love it. Right. But that album, this album Canyon means so much to me because it met me in a really deep sorrow and, and taught me what joy was. And that's what this album was actually created in. This album was created in 2020. It was created in the wake of tornadoes going through Nashville, in the wake of civil unrest, and not the resurgence of the civil rights movement, but I say like the awareness of the civil rights movement uh, for many of us who are white. And in the wake of COVID and lockdown and a music industry that all but died and people who we love on death's door like 2020 was hard and that's putting it mildly yet ellie has created this album showing how to find the light in that without diluting any of the pain 
So for new friends of the podcast, hi, so happy to have you here. You're about to hear a short bio, the who, what, when, where, why of Ellie Holcomb, this amazing folk CCM singer. Then we're going to go straight into the interview and you will hear some of the tracks from her new album, Canyon. Here we go, my friends. This is Ellie Holcomb. Holcomb is a ray of sunshine, a powerful force who will win your heart over with her folky melodies and her honest storytelling. Today she is one of Christian music's most well-known and most successful folk singers. But before she was Ellie Holcomb, it's fair to say that she always had music in her blood. A lifelong resident of Nashville, Tennessee, she is the daughter of a producer, and with a passion for teaching, she actually studied English and a Master's of Science at the University of Tennessee. That's where she met her now husband, Drew, and they were married in 2006. Now, if you recognise the name Drew Holcomb, that's because there is literally a band called Drew Holcomb and the Neighbours, and that is where Ellie started her touring musician career. When Drew formed The Neighbours, Ellie became a part of it, and the arising Americana band gained placements on major TV networks. Their debut album, Passenger Seat, dropped in 2008, and Ellie soon found herself and the band on tour with the likes of the Yvette Brothers, Ryan Adams, and more. And after working with Dual Tone Records in 2011, Drew Holcomb and The Neighbours had their first Billboard success with the album Chasing Sunday. It broke the Billboard 200 and hit number three on Billboard's hit seeker charts also making number 19 on the independent charts and 8 on Billboard's folk charts. Full-time touring followed, and the popularity of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbours continued to rise. Around this time, Ellie released her first solo EP, With You Now, which came out in 2013. It reached number 7 on the Christian Albums charts. Around this time, Ellie actually had the first child. She took a step back from touring and the band. Now, this was the catalyst for more solo music from Ellie, and she really started to forge her own niche in Christian music as an independent artist. She dropped the full LP, As Sure As The Sun, in 2014, and it is a masterpiece, my friends. The album reached number three on the Billboard Christian charts, seven on the Billboard Independent charts, and 34 on the US charts. Not bad, hey? Her three singles from the album all made it to the top 50 hot Christian songs, and it marked her as a fan favourite in Christian music with her blend of folk and storytelling. This was highlighted when Ellie actually won the GMA Dove Awards New Artist of the Year Award in 2014. Now the Holcomb family continued to grow, and soon Ellie and Drew welcomed two more kids to their family. While juggling both their music careers and their evolving family, the news that Ellie's father was battling cancer became the catalyst for her 2017 independent album Red Sea Road. It's a faith-stirring reflection on what it looks like when God leads you to and through a miracle. This album reached number two on the Christian charts, her most successful to date. And then, just to round it off, Ellie dipped her toe in the world of children's fiction. She actually penned two books and accompanying albums, which won her a second Dove Award. Now come 2020, and Ellie had finished writing a complete new record. She was ready to share it with the world, but like the rest of us, her year turned upside down. Nothing that we had planned. Following two tornadoes hurtling through East Nashville and COVID-19 spreading globally, resulting in lockdown, a dormancy of a struggling music industry and political divisions and civil rights movements coming to the forefront. And now, like all of us, this really challenged Ellie and took her to a place of darkness. Now, during this time, Ellie did grasp for hope. 
And she and Drew actually began their nightly kitchen covers on social media, where they gave people some hope and joy by covering some of their favorite classic tracks, as well as singing songs by friends, including one by Matt Carney, which was pretty cool. This stream and this nightly event as it was, was so successful that they even made multiple editions of the song on vinyl. That was something that I really loved during the thick of COVID-19 and 2020, having musicians do live streams and Ellie and Drew were some of the first to start doing that. It was so cool. Now, towards the end of the year, Ellie also took part in Integrity Music's Faithful Project, which was a collaboration with Compassion International, David C. Cook and Integrity Music. She joined a handful of amazing female writers and musicians, and that includes our friends Tamar Chip of Modern Day Cure and Rachel Lamper, to create an album titled Go and Speak, which also included a book dedicated to the role of women in the Bible. The first single from the Faithful Project, A Woman, is about Mary Magdalene, and it was released a few months ago, featuring Ellie and none other than Amy Grant. Ellie was also featured on the track You Came For Me. Now, come June 2021, Ellie is ready to share her story of 2020 with the world. It's fair to say that she wrote her way through last year, and after a trip to the Grand Canyon, she had the imagery that would define the last season of her life. Life is like a canyon, but even in the deepest darkness, a river runs through. It resulted in her new album, Out Today, called Canyon. A collection of tracks chronicling the pain and sorrow of the last year of her life, whilst discovering the profound joy and strength in the middle of it all. Her debut single, Constellations, highlighted the desperation many of us have felt as we have witnessed death, illness, pain and division. And yet her album also moves us towards the faithfulness of God and calls us to become bridge builders in our culture. I spoke to Ellie about the genesis of Canyon, what it means to find joy in sorrow, and why she chooses to write with vulnerability like she's writing from a diary. My friends, this is my great, great privilege. Meet Ellie Holcomb. Clearly I'm very excited because I... Your, your first independent album that you released a few years back was actually my introduction to reviewing Christian music. Um, oh. Yeah, and, and I heard it and thought, oh, my gosh, Christian music can be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, which is ironic because I now run a Christian music podcast. But um, that because of that, I was really excited when I got the offer to chat with you um, because – of your your albums have sort of marked different parts of my journey, which has mm. been really cool. Mm. Um, and I know you're well. When this this podcast episode drops, you will have just released Canyon, mm. your third album. Um, so, can you tell me about the last year of your life? I know I'm diving straight in, but oh, I know yeah. there's so much in this. So, can you tell me about 2020? What has happened? Well, how has that framed your life? Yeah, so I, I actually had written another record before no. Canyon. Um, I was pretty certain of the message and the stories that I wanted to tell, which were stories of of God. I, I spent through counseling uh, a couple of years visiting some of the deepest wounds in my own story and encountering the kindness and the tenderness and the empathy of God in those places. And I was so excited to tell that story, but March 3rd, 2020, an EF4 tornado tore through my neighborhood in Nashville, right behind our house. And just, um, there was devastation in the wake of that storm and tornado. And then a week after that, 
safer at home restrictions happened in the U.S. And so this beautiful community that was rising up to rebuild in the wake of all that wreckage from the storm really was quarantined and sent home. (laughs) Um, And, and that just like for all of us, Jess, this last year was just brutal. Um, It, it was just, I think there was all, there was both personal sorrow, loss, isolation, loneliness, um, an ache and longing, and then a sense of a global loss and sorrow and ache and longing. And um, in the midst of this, I had the I had the chance when the numbers were lower in the U.S., I had the chance to visit the Grand Canyon for the first time in my life. I had never been. And uh, we actually camped on the northern rim, went down into the canyon and rafted the river uh, the Colorado river and then camped on the riverbanks. And when I was in that Canyon, something happened to me <laughs> because our guides were explaining that it is this picture. The Canyon walls tell a story of disaster upon disaster, landslide, mudslide, drought, flood. And, and I just, and then there was, there's this like great divide, um, this breaking that has happened in the surface of the earth. And I just thought, I haven't seen a picture that feels more closely related to how our hearts feel like personally and, and globally right now, just layer upon layer of loss and sorrow and disaster. But then in the middle at the deepest part of that broken crack in the earth, there, there is this river running through. And I don't think I don't know. I just don't think I've ever encountered a more beautiful picture to me of what I've seen God do in my story. Water always runs to the lowest place. <laughs> we just had a flood in Nashville and it's the, it's water moves to the lowest place. And that is what I've experienced of God this past year is his love. The current of his love runs deeper than our deepest sorrow and our deepest pain. And I am deeply grateful for this kind of sense of, of seeing in a year of so much pain and ache and loss in the midst of even that kind of year to know that there is an ever present current of God's love that can meet us in our deepest places of sorrow and carry us if we'll rest into it uh, when it feels like we kind of can't carry on any longer.
did you have any songs pre-written that are actually on Canyon before that experience or did that experience birth the entire record? Yeah, so pretty much that experience birthed the rest of the record. I literally went and I think there's one song that's um, that's called Mine that oh, I wrote. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, yes. Almost like as a lullaby for the kids. I had written that um, before, but I pretty much came home and told my manager. I was like, okay, so I know I already wrote a record, but I actually have to write another one. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it birthed this whole Canyon, the whole record Canyon was really birthed in, in the wake of the, the tragedy and the loss that we experienced last year, collectively and personally. Yeah. Um, and the fact that in Nashville that has been ongoing as well, like not just with COVID, but then you had the bombing on Christmas Day and yeah. and, and even and then last like everything going into this year and the election, but even floods in the last two weeks. And right. it feels like this conversation <laughs> and this album is so recent and so current because the world is in a really weird spot right now. It um is which makes it so timely, which also feels like a really cliche term because we're using it so much in the last year. Um, right. But what I noticed about your album is um, there's a really profound sense of joy in it, even from the mm. first track, which feels like it's a, for me it really felt like you're sort of really not going out of the canyon, but really like finding the joy and the hope through the album. That was my experience <laughs> of it. Um, and, and, um, what I found though, is that there's joy in it. And it was because there was such a sense of suffering in it. It was like, it had been forged through this experience. Um, and it occurred to me that that that's more than just surviving, even though sometimes that's all we can do, but that's actually choosing joy. Um, how did you how have you gotten to that place or how do you get to that place of trying to choose joy, trying to actually create songs that are authentic, but also bring you hope in this chaos? Yeah. God, what a great question, Jess. I think, I think that there is something that happened to me and this is the paradox. This is the upside down and backwards kingdom of God that is coming. Um, and that he says, like, it's like, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And so I think in some ways, even though it's the last thing that I want to do, I don't know if you're an Enneagram person. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which means Uh, I I hate pain. I hate things that are hard and I avoid them at all costs. And, and I, I don't think any of us could run from the pain and the loss that we all experienced last year. And so in the midst of that, I think encountering the love and the nearness of God in the midst of that pain created this sense of, of hope. It birthed hope in me. And I think sometimes maybe we, you know, I've heard it said like we, we can't really be brave unless we're a little bit afraid. (laughs) And so I think in the midst of a lot of fear and sadness, encountering the man of sorrows himself and, and, and maybe encountering God in a way, in, in a more palpable way than I have in, in previous years of my life and seasons of my life birthed a joy 
um, that didn't really make sense like, yeah. to have in the midst of it. Um, and it wasn't, it's a joy grounded in sorrow. And I think that's the whole gospel narrative of Jesus's life is that he enters into the grave. He has been to our places of deepest or death places, like the ash places the places where our dreams didn't come true. He has been to those places and he's moved through them. And, and we can know that there, that this suffering is not the end of the story. And so I think I encountered this sense of, Oh, Oh, this isn't the end. And actually I, I'm encountering that hope even here in this, in this darkest place. And, that happened to me uh, when we were in the canyon. The, the, our guide said the night we spent the night in the canyon. He said, "Hey, I need you to pay attention um, because you need to wake up in the middle of the night because you're going to experience something called the rim effect." And I didn't know what that was, but he said, "You are in the darkest place that you will ever be because wow. you're over a mile into the surface of the earth, and 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 there's no ambient light here." And he said, but because it's so dark, the stars will shine more brightly and appear closer than they have ever felt in your life. And I think just that is what happened. I encountered love in the midst of really deep pain. And and probably the most natural thing in the world was to just sing about it. I'm like, what? You're even here? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so if you're even in this place... Um, I can, I can carry on because I can rest in the fact that I'm held even in this dark, dark pit. creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. 
That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit the shop button. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Yes, and I love that you experienced that literally. It's so, so good. Uh, one of the tracks that stood out to me on the album is Bridge. Um, mm. And it was, it's, I say cleverly written in the sense that it's um, something that I feel like so many Christians will hear and resonate with and you've made it approachable. Mm. Um, but it's about something that's really difficult for the church to grapple with right now because we're so divided over so many things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So could you tell me about what inspired Bridge and what that song means to you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, in the wake of so much racial tension and so much loss of life, um, in the wake of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and all of the tension and division that followed that, um, all of those things, I started this process of listening <laughs> to my black uh, and brown brothers and sisters in Christ of intentional listening. And I uh, started this group um, called a bridge building group with my friend. Zandy Mowry, uh, who is in this amazing band, The New Respects. And we, we were reading a book by Latasha Morrison and, and that's called Be the Bridge. And so yes. as, as we leaned into this really hard, heavy conversation, um, and, and pain and ache, I mean, talk about layer upon layer of disaster and wound upon weary wound. That is the story of, of race and racism in our country. And unfortunately, even within the church, it's there. And so, um, as I started listening and having these conversations just feels so small, but what happened is my vision expanded. 
Um, and, and the gospel, as I leaned into the tension, the gospel became wider, higher, deeper, more colorful and more wonderful than I could ever imagine. Because I'm like, he calls us to be bridge builders. He's the ultimate bridge builder himself. And so bridge is really a song and me saying, wake, it's a, it's my journey of waking up to some things, um, and to some experiences that my black and brown brothers and sisters have had that I was unaware of. And, uh, it's basically me saying, I'll go first. I have gotten this wrong. And yet there is this beautiful invitation that Jesus gives us to be swept up into a story of reconciliation and of seeing our brothers and sisters in, light, in, in Christ who look different than us, who've had different experiences than us. And it has been one of the most heart expanding, faith expanding um experiences of my life. And, and I don't want anyone to miss the beauty that's happened as I've just taken a very humble approach and saying, man, I have, I have gotten so much of this wrong and, and this beauty, beautiful invitation to listen, to lament, to repent, and then to be about what it might be to look like to, to be about the ministry of reconciliation and restoration in regards to race and so many things it's it's expanded my vision and everything but it is a beautiful invitation i think that god gives us to to follow his lead in and to be people who are building bridges uh, rather than burning them more than a song I really appreciate how you put that journey into a song. Um, I know it's something that a lot of a lot of people, a lot of white people like myself, um, have been grappling with, and um, the not just the fact that you actually like you talk about repentance, but you talk about the action of repentance. Mm. I think is really powerful um, because it's it's uncomfortable to do that, and in a year of tragedy it can really feel like the most unnatural thing in the world to push ourselves even further. But right. I, I love that it actually brought you closer to God. Like it actually showed you more of who he is by leading that's, into that uncomfortable space of love. That's, that's really, really right. Cool. And love is uncomfortable and mercy is uncomfortable. Like, I, mean, yes. I just look at my friend Zandi. She is, she is this beautiful black woman. And I'm like, I've experienced Jesus through you and through these conversations and mercy and forgiveness. It has been so beautiful. And I, and I know it is hard and it has been hard. I, I will not, I'm the first to say like I have grieved and, and lamented and that is hard and good and righteous work um, and right work for us to do, especially in the wake of, of 
some of our history, a lot of our history, but um, man, there has been such beauty and healing. And it sort of feels like these tiny conversations have shifted major things in my heart. And I don't know, sometimes I think when we look at the overarching narrative of slavery and the story of, of racism in our in, in the United States, which it's certainly not limited to the United States, but, um, but it has been so beautiful, uh, to just see conversation by conversation, massive things shifting in my heart. And I'm like, this is what God calls the kingdom of heaven work. It's little seeds. It doesn't feel big. Sometimes I'm like, we need to do something major and we do. But I think some of those major things happen with, with just, I'll go first and say, I don't know. And I've gotten this wrong and I'd like to listen better. And, uh, and that's shifted some pretty beautiful things around in my heart. And, and I think to help me see what God's kingdom looks like in a more clear and, and beautiful and powerful way. And I just want to invite other people into that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It's one thing to like go into this deep personal work with a counselor, with your close friends of the small group. It's another to put it into song and then share it with the world. Um, how, how how do you decide like what goes into a song, like what part of your heartbreak, what part of the story goes into your song so that you still feel like your story and your privacy is mm. sacred and respected but you're giving your heart to people so they can experience God like you have? Mm, thanks for that question. Um you know, songwriting has always felt like breathing to me a bit. And, um, and usually I am, I call myself a selfish songwriter, uh, but usually I'm just writing what my own weary soul needs to hear or believe. Because sometimes if I can sing it, it helps me believe it for myself. Yeah. And so, um, it's a very natural process. And when people listen to my songs, they're like, I feel like I'm reading your journals. And I'm like, you are. Uh, I just needed <laughs> to hear why that. So, to the yeah, so if I if I can write what my own heart needs or maybe what my friend next to me, but if I can write that, then maybe that will help someone else and and that's a beautiful thing. So say you should never meet the musicians that you love or your favorite musicians because I'll disappoint you I actually haven't had that Ellie is the same she she spoke to me like a friend 
She was patient. She was thorough, even though she was in the middle of a media cycle rush trying to get everything out. She was just delightful. So thank you, Ellie. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your heart and your journey and your scars with the world. It, it is such a privilege and I am so grateful for your music. Friends, if you would like to connect with Ellie Holcomb, go for it. You will find her on Instagram at Ellie Holcomb. And if you need me to spell it, why not? It's E-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-C-O-M-B. You will also find her online at ellieholcomb.com. And Ellie's album, Canyon, including all its singles, is out today. Go and get it. Go buy it. Go stream it. Go love it. Go repeat it. I have. It's so good for your soul. And if you would like more information about any of Ellie's previous albums or the books that she's written, you will also find that information on her website. So definitely check that out. Now, before I wrap up this week's episode, um, I just wanted to make reference to something that we actually talked about on our Instagram this week, on our social media. Um, So a lot of you who follow us will also be aware that Matthew West, a very, very accomplished Christian singer, um, released a new song on Father's Day, American Father's Day, called Modest is Hottest. Uh, and lots of people loved it. There were lots of laugh, crying face emojis. But there's also been a whole lot of people who really hate the song. And I I looked at it and was like, do I address this? And thought about the mission of the podcast to talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. And thought, can't really sidestep this just because it's uncomfortable and awkward for me. Um, I want you to know that there will be an episode coming up about purity culture. Um, it won't be an episode necessarily about Matthew West. I don't have a problem with him. I don't know him personally. Um, he was really kind enough to have a message that was featured on our Here's to Hope special last year. And he actually gave us a shout out and we had a whole bunch of people find our podcast through him. So I am super grateful to Matt and um, have actually really liked some of his music. So this is in no way an attack on him. Please know that. Um, It's just that this song that he released, which is meant to be like a really jovial, fun piece about how a father gives advice to his children, his, his female daughters as they are, coming of age I don't know and telling him how to how to dress or how not to dress and there's references to Cardi B and Kim Kardashian and slacks and yoga pants and anyway there's a whole lot going on and I understand that for a lot of people they heard this and they were just like that's hilarious because that's just taking on a really what could be perceived as a funny part of Christian culture right um but for a lot of us particularly a lot of females or people who identify as female who have gone through religious trauma or who have gone through sexual assault or um, anything like that. This song is actually really triggering and it's not great. I think the song is actually a symptom of something larger and what I would say is actually a cancer in our churches and that is a purity culture that commodifies women by expecting them to be responsible for the behavior of everyone around them and blaming them for any pain that ever happens to them, no matter how they dress or what they do. Now, there is a whole lot to go into with the song and with purity culture. And I want to do a good job of that. I also know that I'm responding to this from a very vulnerable and hurt place because I am a 31-year-old single female 
who has lived in evangelical culture and has lived through the sexual advances of of people and unwanted advances and and unconsensual touch and I have a lot of pain in this and I also carry in some capacity the responsibility I've had so many friends so many females come to me and say oh my gosh like uh, that's that song I can't do it or I know people who have experienced abuse I've heard stories so there is a lot here um and I want to do it right as best as I can so in light of that song by Matthew West and, and in light of this whole discussion around purity culture that we we really need to have and which is happening I just want to put stick a pin in that if it's okay we will come back to it I want to do an episode devoted to that uh whether it's part, like part of that's me sharing my story maybe me interviewing someone who has expertise more expertise in this area a lot of resources have come out I would really love to do this well and I want to do this in a way that really honors a story of women who have been harmed and who were survivors that is that is the most important part that we realize that in this that women are powerful also in a way that opens a conversation because I also realize that that if I speak about this in a way that sounds offensive or that seems antagonistic, this will actually shut down any room for healing. Now, while I don't think that's my responsibility, I don't think, as a woman, I don't think I should have to say that I have rights, but but it's part of a role that I have to play in this. And if part of my story can help, then I hope I can do it well. So we will come back to this subject. We will come back to purity culture. We will come back to the role of Christian music in purity culture because that one's a big one. Friends, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you found some real joy in this episode, that you found some real meaning, hopefully, in the pain that you've had in the past year and even this year. Um, if you would like to connect with us online, please do. We are at Between You Me Pod on Instagram. As I mentioned before, we are very active on there. So please go and give us a follow. And if you love what you heard, would you please go to Apple Podcasts, press subscribe. You can do that on any platform you like. Press subscribe. You'll get the next episode as soon as it drops. And then give us a star rating. It means that more people can find us, people around the world. Apparently we've had a, not a resurgence, but like a, I don't know, some, a popularity boost in South Africa of late. I don't know anyone in South Africa so hi South African friends thank you for listening it's so nice to meet you please send send us a message on Instagram I'd like to say hi to you um but people around the world are listening to this and so your rating just helps more 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 people to hear these incredible interviews to hear these life-changing stories and that means a lot to me that's what I'm here for that's all I have for today my friends I will see you in two weeks with an interview with a wonderful advocate and artist Erskine. Until then, here's to hope. We all fall down, we get banged up, but the stars show how love heals us. Don't you look back, lift your head up, shake the dust off.